You're listening to The Occupational Philosophers with Simon Banks and John Rice. Hello and welcome to The Occupational Philosophers, a not-so-serious business podcast that mashes up things in the world of creativity, curiosity, philosophy, and a little bit of magic dust thrown in occasionally. Now, this is an in-between episode, which is a, a shorter, sharper version of our long-form episodes with our guests, where we muse on something that might have caught our eye or been a little bit curious about during the week. But most importantly, I'm joined each and every week by my collaborator and co-host, John Rice, streaming live from the UK. Hello, John. What have you been thinking about? It's not so much what I've been thinking about, Simon. It's what I've been dreaming about. This episode for me is about dreams because how often have you woken from some dream and thought, wow, man, that dream was, that was far out. Some crazy type of sort of film running in your head. And uh, I've been having crazy dreams again, something which I really noticed during lockdown and the pandemic, which apparently was a thing. There was a lot of that being reported, crazy dreams during pandemic. Do you know why? Well, I think it was something to do with um, people processing a lot more and they had narrower worlds that they were inhabiting. So their uh, subconscious went into overdrive. That was one explanation. But have you got another one? No, no, I, I read the same thing many times as well. I just wasn't sure what the, um, what the explanation was. The idea there struck me was just how crazy they are because when we say crazy or bizarre, we, we've got this idea that they just seem to thread together real unconnected or seemingly disparate ideas and they all thread together into some story of some kind. And so that got me thinking just how creative those films are in our head when we're dreaming, uh, how they do connect disparate ideas. And of course, that's what creativity is often cited as being about. It's about finding patterns and connecting things that don't seem to go together, but somebody sees that they can come together into something beautiful and new and innovative. So uh, I was thinking about whether we could recreate those experiences that we have in dreams in a conscious state. So there you go. That's a pretty big opener. It is, yeah. Well said, well said. Well, look, it sounds like a little thought experiment we could run during the week around how we might bring some of this stuff into the world. And when you mentioned that, you know, connecting disparate ideas, you read this all the time. This is what great entrepreneurs do. They see maybe two disparate opportunities that people haven't connected and they bring them together and, you know, experiment and find that, you know, magical mix. And, like, you know, Richard Branson was you know, he's a classic with this type of stuff. He looks for a, an unmet need in the market where customers are really uh, upset and then he'll find the thing to help them solve that unmet need. Before we get into some of the examples from the world of entrepreneurs, I thought I'd share some of the research that's been done because as I delved into this to say, I wonder what's been studied around this area. There's actually quite a bit. There's actually quite a bit that's been studied. We'll get stuff in the show notes so people can find those studies. So I'm not going to say this was the University of Massachusetts, this and blah, 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 and Dr. XYZ. But the studies that have been shown to find that people who recall their dreams more often do tend to be more creative in the test environment that they would set up. So it was this idea, if you pay attention to your dreams, did it sort of spill out into your abilities to be more creative? And so they got students to pay more attention to their dreams, to keep some sort of dream journal. And then what they would do is they would set them a creativity test. In this instance, the figural part of the Torrance Test of Creative Thinking, or TTCT for short. And that just requires people to draw pictures that incorporate 
ambiguous figures, they expand on an incomplete form. So we kind of done this, I'm sure you've done it in an art class where you just do some sort of squiggle on the on the paper and you just go, hey, make something of that. And people go, hey, it's a face, it's a duck, it's an aeroplane. What I liked about this, this is actually a test. Often you see the creativity tests, they're quite rigid, like your ability to perform a task, like maybe a little bit more quickly or come up with ideas. I like this because it actually does push you out of the usual way of connecting things. So when I read that, I thought, yeah, that's a that's a really nice way to test rather than that sort of more standardised school way we might do it or something. Anyway, John, go on, please. Yeah, well, so with that test then, what they would be looking for is certain criteria. You know, how fantastical was it or did it contain elements of humour or was there richness in the imagery or something like that or they would add colour to it. So so there would be something that would allow them broadly to say, look, that is a more creative interpretation of that squiggle than this one over sure. here. And so broadly they found with the experimental group and the control group that those who had paid attention broadly scored higher on that creative strengths scoring mechanism within that TTCT test. And so that was quite interesting. So you go, oh, okay. So people are looking at this. They couldn't get anything conclusive around this, but they did kind of say that the mere effect of paying attention seemed to yield some sort of uh, positive result in terms of people's creativity. So that was really interesting. Then I dived into neuroscience. It's a theme here, which we come through time and time again, I think, Dr. Julian Bagini, in one of our previous episodes, he said that was his thing on like his title episode, Pay Attention. So that mm. even that piece around just being curious about what's happening in our dreams and the world around us, I think, or the world within us might be the right way to say it, is there's another theme which comes through here as well. And also when we spoke around serendipity in our previous episode of Just Dumb Luck, those chance things are happening all the time around us. But if you pay attention to them, you tie into them. So I, I like that it seems to be a constant with uh, all of these things we're doing. Pay attention to what's going on. Neuroscience sort of points to some of the things that might be happening in this process. Neuroscientists such as Heidi Solberg, Auckland, she was saying that it's probably something um, dreaming is one that happens in REM sleep, which as we know is that deeper sleep that you go into typically 90 minute cycles or something of that na uh, nature. And during that stage, the hippocampus, which is the bit of the brain associated with memories, replays the memories throughout the day. But there's also lots of different parts of the brain firing off as well. And so it comes together. So those different parts of the brain going off bring together things that have happened that happen for real that you're processing through, but also things that are from memory or things that are being constructed from other areas of the brain. And so if you wake up at that moment, just as you're coming out of REM sleep, then you might be remembering those strange connections between things that were real to things that are just deeply embedded within your the deepest recesses of your mind. And we don't want to go there too often because we know what's in the deepest recesses of your mind, Simon. Oh, thanks, John. But <laughs> now, moving on, what I like, though, is that you wake up and you just go, what the hell? Because all these things, it's like, I guess the metaphor is all the wild animals have been let loose 
in your brain and they're just running around and engaging with each other. So you wake up and there's like a skunk talking to a leopard or a, you know, a koala just riding an elephant. <laughs> Very popular dream. <laughs> but the jungle, I mean, like these different characters and parts of your brain, the jungle of your mind is being let loose. And if I understand this correctly, because when we sleep, the frontal part of our brain, which is the sensible brain, is sort of turned off. So all of this wild stuff, if that's the right way to say it, is let loose. Whoa, come play, like night at the museum. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's interesting as well. Is uh, One of the things we've talked about as well is how humans like stories. So it's interesting that all of these disconnected things still have to be woven together into a story. So even in, at a subconscious level, our brain is trying to find patterns and create stories of things to help us make sense of those, to help us process those. So again, that's a really interesting thing about how we come back to stories again, which is something I think we've explored before and probably should explore a bit more when it comes to creativity. Now, John, I think we've spoken about this person before. There's someone from the arts who is very well known for capitalizing or trying to play with this idea of rapid eye or non-rapid eye movement sleep and sort of getting into the very shallow pattern to engage dreams, but then wake themselves up. And yeah, Salvador Dali. Tell us about Salvador Dali. Our main man, well, Salvador. Salvador Dali. I did come back to that because I know we'd mentioned him before, but uh, yeah, he used to he used to sit in a chair and would doze whilst holding a set of keys above like a metal plate or something when he was just deliberately mulling over the idea for a painting. And so as obviously as he nodded off, the muscles relaxed, the keys would drop, they'd hit the plate and they'd wake him up. And he would then sort of be holding on to whatever image he had in his mind at that moment. And he would turn to the canvas and off he would go and try and paint the image that was uh, emerged from his dream state. Interestingly, Thomas Edison, our light bulb man, he, he used to have a, try and get light bulb moments in a similar way, but his technique was to uh, have metal balls instead of keys to gain insights that he would incorporate into his inventions, which I thought, that's a hell of a price to pay to become creative, isn't it? Having metal balls. That's commitment to the cause on both pieces. But I think also, what if you <laughs> drop that ball and it rolls on your foot and like, ah! That's what I'm sort of <laughs> envisaging, a lot of bruises from his, from his dream uh, state. Now, going a little bit sideways here, Salvador Dali and the Surrealists were also very much into this dreams and bringing their dreams into the world. And if you look at the majority of those paintings, especially sort of later on, what is the surreal, they also did this by using LSD because that would access a part of your brain where the dream state lives as well. I don't fully know the, the science behind it. However, that was a big part of there. So what do, I, what do I see when my dreams become lucid and those different parts of my brain start to come into the real world? So there's a little bit of that dream experimentation as well. Sounds like a good, a good day out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a good, good day in the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, is, why is Kevin from accounts made of chicken wire? <laughs> What's happened to him? I don't oh, know, man. but I like it. I like it. <laughs> I could see straight through you, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, boiling this down, 
is there some learning here? I was thinking that we might sort of just reflect on, you know, as individuals, teams and organizations, thinking of our not so serious business podcast label. What do you reckon as individuals? What might we do? Well, something you could experiment with, and look, this might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I'm certainly going to do it for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to keep a dream journal. So I'm going to try and record, and I'll report back in a couple of weeks. I'll keep it next to the uh, side of my bed. And look, I'm sometimes I have crazy dreams. Other times I don't, or maybe <laughs> I don't remember them. So I, I'm trying to think back at what my dreaming pattern is at the moment. And if not, I think you eat late night pizza, isn't that it? Like the cheese gives you a dream. Cheese, so. nuts, pizza, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Chuck in a whiskey and and then just dream away. Happy days. <laughs> so I'm going to keep a dream journal. Yeah. Can I encourage you, because you're an artist, Simon, uh, might encourage you to see if you could do a Dali moment and turn around, throw some paint on canvas as well to see if you could capture the essence of it in <laughs> visual form as well. And we might be able to share those. I think that'd be quite interesting. Again, you might get arrested at the end of this. Here's what I commit to. I commit to writing down and then drawing if that comes from it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to set a paint up in my bedroom as yet. A bit tight, my side of the bed. <laughs> so I'll leave it down. I think also actually just the whole point of keeping a journal because when we write, we turn off outside stimulus and it creates a flow and then we can access different parts of our brain. For teams, I was thinking about how you might be able to encourage some daydreaming because we've talked about daydreaming as well before and to see if you could actually get people to uh, shut down their frontal cortex for 15 minutes every meeting and uh, engage in some daydreaming together. I don't know quite how you do that. Maybe you need to take them for a walk or something like that, have them gaze at nature. But yeah, could we shut down their frontal cortex without some sort of surgical procedure? I th I'm thinking, playing devil's advocate here, I think daydreaming in a meeting room would be tough because I think you're yeah. trying to unwire a whole lot of stuff. However, spending some time outside of the office doing that, yeah, I think that would be a better way to run around. And again, just playing devil's advocate here. So, And look, on that, on this idea of teams, Jeff Bezos has got a similar thing, and I heard him speaking about it recently, so I'll paraphrase this. And he said that, you know, people would always turn up to meetings, you know, waste of time, uh, weren't getting as much done as they need to. People would often turn up with a PowerPoint. He thought PowerPoint's, you know, sort of obscure information. And it was just a waste of time. And, you know, someone would have worked so hard on this PowerPoint. They get into slide three and someone's always ripping it apart. What's going to happen slide 12? Where's this going? What they do now is that they've created a narrative for writing out memos, if I'm saying that uh, correctly, or writing out a narrative or the idea. And so it has to be six pages. So there's a lot of thought that goes into it. When you come to the meeting, there you spend the first 20 to 30 minutes actually sitting in silence, which is not dissimilar to what we're talking about, and reading that. Okay, you mm -hmm. don't do anything else. Yeah. You sit in silence and you read. Now you might think, well, why don't you read it out outside the meeting? And as uh, Mr. Bezos says, no one ever does that. They pretend they have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they rock up saying, I've read it, but really they haven't. And then they spent 30 or 20, 30 minutes in silence. Then they spend the next amount of time solving that memo or discussing the memo or whatever it may be. I think memo mightn't be the sort of the word we might use, but, you know, discussing that challenge or the problem. And they've got a particular narrative arc as well. 
And then that document stays alive so they can alter it and edit it as much as they want. But they use that storytelling. And a quote, he says, I prefer this because memos, as he calls them, have verbs and sentences and topic sentences and complete paragraphs rather than bullet points. So I think it goes more into that you're creating a big visual picture and a visual story and a metaphor, sort of all those things that dreams do and connect different disparate parts uh, of your mind. Okay. So there's a practical example. That's the story element that makes it more powerful in his mind. And I think also you're, what we were saying before, it allows daydreaming so you turn off. So you turn off from that you know, constant stimulus. What else could you do, John? What do you reckon Jeff Bezos dreams of? Thinking about oh, dreams. I don't know. I don't know. He's buffed up recently, so uh, he said. I read an article how all of the all of the billionaires are getting really buff. Like, um, what's his so, name? So they can so they can all get in a big cage and do a cage yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was sort of the gist. Elon of it, yeah. Mark and Jeff. Yeah. <sighs> Richard Branson's got to do some work, hasn't he? If he yeah, wants to Elon hasn't ring. buffed up, but yeah, the Facebook guy, the Meta guy, he's uh, he's looking real buff. Yeah. So Jeff, Jeff dreams of protein shakes, space, money, and maybe hair. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm going to ask him, get him on the show. Well, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's run longer than a, a usual in-betweener, but I think it's been quite an interesting topic to explore. And maybe to come back to, I think maybe if we could get somebody who might be able to talk in a bit more depth about this. I think, yeah, it's a really nice space. I think there's, as we always know, there's so much going on in our brain and we only tap into a little short percent of it. And I think the faster work becomes and life becomes, probably the less we tap into it as well. What about your dreams? You must have a dream you've been, yeah, any, anything which, what, well, that's the one thing I haven't asked. What are you dreaming about? You said you've had a lot of dreams. I have. Well, so, so interestingly, the one I had most recently, um, I was building a Lego city, a sort of scape, with Donald Trump. With Donald Trump. Oh, for real? That was your dream? <laughs> That's my dream. Okay. Yeah. And I told, I told him that a lot of people don't like him. And he got really upset. He smashed the Lego up and ran away. Well, that, that bit sounds true, yeah. <laughs> so that has not made me any more creative any, in any way, but uh, interesting nonetheless that uh, I was processing something there in my world. How about you? What have you been dreaming of? I've had a few different ones. I'd thought about this where I used to dream lows when my teeth were falling out, and my understanding that's about your own vanity. And I thought, yep. Yeah, that's for real. That would uh, <laughs> that 100% make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, an, an, another one where you're flying, but you don't just sort of fly high. You zoom in like a like a bird or something. You go really, really, really close to the ground, and then you soar off almost into the sun again. And you're almost like you're when you're doing it, you're like, oh my god, I'm so close to the ground which is about freedom or something or finding your spirituality and, you know, your inner purpose and, yeah. Well, it could also indicate a desire to escape. So maybe you're trying to get out of this <laughs> podcast, Simon. After 74 episodes, you've said, my God, do I have to keep talking to this idiot? <laughs> Kids, Sally, if you're listening, it's not about you at all. But I'm not sure if you've ever had this. If you, I was having a dream for, I can't remember 
when, so I can't timestamp it, but I'd have the dream, I'd wake up, and the next night I'd pick up where the dream left off. So I was Ooh. really looking forward to going back to bed because I had this dream, like almost like, you know, Days of Our Lives or EastEnders or something like that <laughs> was going on in my in my mind. Uh, yeah, and I, this went on, I can't remember, it went on for a, a long time and I'll just go well, to bed you every were night. Go, you, were, you were going back into your dream the following night. Yeah. I mean, I've done that on the same night. I can get back into a dream if I get up, go to the toilet, as will yeah. often happen at our yeah. age, come back <laughs> and go back in the dream. But I haven't done it on sequential nights. Wow. That's, whoa, that's very interesting. Yeah, like dropping back oh, into right. a movie. And it was a good one. It wasn't like, well, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but I was looking forward to it. So, yeah, I'd be back into this dream sequence. <laughs> and I looked this up today. This is a thing. So I wanted to check if it's a, uh, and yeah, absolutely, it happens. <laughs> okay. So when you're there at seven o'clock at night, go, right, I'm off to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Sally go, it's only seven o'clock. You go, yes, but I've got a fantastic movie. I've got a fantastic movie I need to get back into. I've got things going on, people I've got to talk to in the other world. <laughs> now, the second life. I, I did have a dream, another one. I dreamt I was invisible and I married an invisible woman. Now, I'm not sure what we saw in each other, and our kids were nothing to look at either. <laughs> and on that dad joke, I think we'll draw things to a close. <laughs> There we go. I think that's it for this episode, uh, Simon. Is there anything we want to say about what's coming up? Because we've been away, we've been a bit quiet over the last month or so with the summer on this side of the pond, as they say. But uh, I know we've got a lot of guest episodes coming up, which I'm very much looking forward to sharing. And we've got another load of guests lined up as well, which again, I'm very excited about. So look, I just think watch this space. Yeah, cool things ahead. Uh, we've got some cool giveaways we're going to be putting out there as well and a few different bits that people can get involved with and i think that's all we need to say so john as we do always say stay curious make stuff play more have fun and when you leave wherever you are today and head out into the world please date life